This is Spectoral, and you're listening to Why for Sound on Plenty Valley FM 88.6. Former Wired for Sound guest Spectoral first came onto the music scene back in 2016 and since then he's released many singles and has been praised for his work by many in the industry. In 2022 he's released his new single titled Lovesick and Spectoral joins me for a chat regarding Lovesick and much more. Welcome back Spectoral. Thank you Geraldine. It's so nice to be back. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> Where did the idea for Lovesick come from and what's the story behind it? Well, you know what? <clears throat> I mean, it's not like I've been sort of doing no releases at all for the last four years, but um, I'm, I've been sitting on these ideas for songs for maybe the past two and, you know, a little pandemic in the middle of there has kind of meant that what I originally wanted to do, I think I might have said was um, when, we, when I first was on the show that I had this plan of doing three EPs and then an album but because of the pandemic it's decided i've decided to just roll the last two eps into the debut album and so um yeah because i don't know there was just so much heavy hitting stuff that happened over the last two years and it wasn't all just because of the pandemic at all there's there's a lot of family things going on and just you know life and there was too much close to my heart that was going into the music that i couldn't really justify only calling it an EP and one of those songs really that means a lot to me is Lovesick because that draws on inspirations from my my life um and so yeah uh, I really really wanted to put some something special in in there about just being more vulnerable and opening up about kind of breakup situations I've been through and things like that so you're three P's deep into your career why do you think that you've really arrived on the scene uh, well, um, as you might know, I, I uh, curate uh, a bunch of playlists as well. And um, my, like, the jewel of the playlists that I curate is Future Pop. And Future Pop has always been, the idea of that is like, if I hear a song from a contemporary or a peer artist that I really wish was one of mine, then I'll put it in there. And it's always my go-to for like, resetting my own expectations or high expectations of myself and it's really only now with these new releases that I can kind of comfortably hear my own songs in that same playlist alongside these artists that I think so highly of and think yeah yeah that that, that seamlessly goes in that same playlist I, I could if I, if I didn't know who I was I would be like yep yeah, that that belongs there's no like sounds quality difference or melodic or lyrical quality difference they're just really high caliber songs and I feel like it's taken me that long to get there so yeah that's that's what I mean and I think it's 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 about like just taking people who are starting to take more notice of the music now where is its place on the album oh well lovesick is actually um going to be so my album's going to be 15 tracks maybe 14 the 15th one is still a bit of a maybe but lovesick is kind of in the second half or the back half of the of the album because my album which is going to be called backlights that blind us is a bit of a tale of it's it's a it's a it's a tale of what i've been through really and it starts off with um being not so confident in where i am in life uh, and I, this has nothing to do with music it's just about being 
unhappy or unfulfilled in general and then meeting somebody and uh, going through the emotions of falling in love and being infatuated and having all of these dreams about getting away with each other and all that uh, in the midst of world turmoil, if you will. And then um, on top of that, I think where the, the, the world turmoil and other things start to bleed in and affect the stability of that relationship. And so by the time it's kind of all becoming self-doubt and, and doubt and deterioration of the relationship, then lovesick comes along. And so the song is itself about um, the aftermath of, of uh, being separated because of something that's happened. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it, the album really goes in like a chronological order. And uh, I won't give away the ending though, but there's a there's a full on like uh, story of this that I'm trying to tell through different songs. And you've mentioned that your plants thrive off the music. Tell us more about that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting in my studio at the moment, and um, I've called it Studio Daylight um, because I I wanted to have a studio that was just full of really bright daytime lights. So I've got that all the time, even uh, in the dead of winter and, or at nighttime, I've got these really bright daytime lights. And um, I did that partially because I've got so many plants in the studio. So I've got, yeah, uh, I think nine plants in my studio at the moment and still not enough. I'll get some more. Um, but yeah, I, I know, I reckon the, the plants, they love the music. Um, and I, I get a lot of kind of symbiotic inspiration from having them around too i feel i feel like there's it's, it's different when there's other living entities in this room while you're creating something and uh you know i've heard that plants can feel the vibration of rhythms and music and things and um i like to think that they they thrive off the music here yeah you've also mentioned that you consider yourself a collaborator at heart who are some of the artists that you've collaborated with song lovesick um it was my pleasure to collaborate with a good friend of mine called Megadeth. Uh, so I got a lot of the electronic riffs from something that he pulled together, which was really fascinating. Uh, he's like this sound design wizard <laughs> and he'll put together these little experiments that lead nowhere. Like he doesn't have any plans to use them. And so I'll, uh, he'll send something or I'll hear it on his Instagram or I'll just reach out and go, dude, we have to make something with this. It's too good. <laughs> and so um, Megadeth has a big hand to play in the sound design of uh, the glitchiness of that song. Um, and then Tsunami, she is someone who I was actually contacted by uh, as a curator. So she reached out to me and she's this amazing up and coming um, Jamaican born and raised rapper slash pop vocalist artist. And, um, yeah, uh, I heard her song and had to playlist her and really hit it off. And I told her, you know, I'm a, I'm a true fan. And um, yeah, we stayed in touch. And uh, when Lovesick came along, I'd finished two verses and there was no bridge. And it just kind of ended after the second chorus. And I thought, yeah, there's definitely something missing. So it dawned on me that I needed to reach out to Tsunami and say, hey, you know what this needs? This needs your touch can you write me a third verse and come in and collaborate on this? Cause I feel like you'll round the track out in a way that I can't. 
And sure enough, she did, and she just blew it out of the water. And it is, yeah, it's just a hundred times more radio accessible now. I think that she's lent her her flavors to that third verse. Yeah, I'm really blessed to have her on it. You've spent much of the last two years busily preparing for a huge debut album. Why are you ready now that you weren't perhaps before? Um, I feel like I've I've got a story that I'm ready to tell. You know, I know it's. It's interesting because I'm the only person that's listened to the album back to front and it's not done yet, but I want to have this kind of out by hopefully January. And um, it's really quite uh, versatile. Like There's a lot of variety of sounds on this album and I think that's what an album should be. And I don't know if my earlier stuff was necessarily that. I think I went through a big phase where I was really dominated by um, I don't know, a lot of similar rhythms and beats and um, arrangements. But this time, yeah, it's really different. I mean, it still sounds like me, but I've got songs in there that are kind of more dancey and I've got stuff in there that's more radiohead and sort of alternative, I don't know, Tame Impala style rock pop. I've got um, a lot of chilled out stuff that wouldn't really stand on its own as a single but it all kind of pieces together really well as an album, I think, yeah. So tell us about the video behind Love Sick. <laughs> I um, tend to use the same guy um, who's this amazing animator for all my videos recently. And um, I, uh, when, when Love Sick was being made, I already had this idea that I wanted to have um, like sped up yeah, just sped up videos of of flowers kind of blooming and then dying and kind of almost rotting away. And so it, it, the, the video is a whole bunch of different flowers um, rapidly growing and blooming and then falling and the petals falling off and they're all like, you know, just dying into nothingness with the lyrics kind of posted around it in ways that go with what's on screen. So um, it's a simple yet very effective concept, I think. Um, and yet uh, working with him was really, really, it, it, it turns something that was just a concept in my mind into reality because I'm no good at animating videos, but yeah, he did a wonderful job and it's so well, it's so well um, treated and it's got the same sort of aesthetic with my past singles. So I'm really excited to show people. And tell us about your studio. My studio, Studio Daylight, is a um, it's a room that's dedicated for nothing else than just being my studio, which I'm lucky enough to have. And no, uh, it's not a bedroom, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's just a really wonderful, warm space. But it doesn't really feel like a typical studio that you'd think. Like I, I don't have um, mood lighting everywhere and uh, sound um dampening panels i probably should get a few but i think you know the fact that i've got so much stuff everywhere um from like my childhood and my teens and things makes it really unique to me and i was really inspired by somebody like jack antonoff whose studio was filled with like things he grew up with um old toys and favorite albums and things he collected and yeah collectibles and I thought oh, I want to I want to add personality into my studio so that if you saw a photo of it, it couldn't be anyone else's. 
And so that's what I've tried to do. And I've got 60 albums mounted on the wall, um, CDs, <laughs> not vinyls. <laughs> Don't have the room. <laughs> um, and all of these plants everywhere. And I've got uh, old robot toys from when I was younger and books that I've read and just random stuff everywhere. And I think that, you know, just gives me, gives the room personality and uh, yeah, probably diffuses the sound a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> so since COVID, what has work-life balance been for you? Yeah, I think you've probably heard other people say this too, that uh, it was so hard to hold on to that creative spark during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, um, it's been hard. I have gone the other way and had too little balance in creativity and too much balance in like imbalance in work and life without the creativity. And um, I, it eats away at me. It's like, it's like this, uh, this unignorable pain to just not have that for too long. So um, it's been, it was really difficult. I'll be honest. Like I was so depressed and down for a lot of COVID, but I, no matter how much I wanted to and had the time, I mean, literally locked down, um, just didn't feel like creating, even though I wanted to. And then, yeah, I think so now, um, coming out of the end of that, I feel really productive again in that, you know, I've got these songs and I'm on the tail stretch of being able to finish this album and just to be able to put a couple of singles out and see that people are still are still caring. Like there's people still listening. In fact, more, more than ever. I don't know. It's, um, it's really quite heartening to put something out and do it completely independently and not fudge my own numbers or anything and just see that, you know, it's getting picked up and it's getting put into playlists and I'm getting interviews and press and people like yourself really care about speaking to me about my music. That's so promising to me and it really means a lot. So, yeah, I think that the balance is back. And what are some of the concepts and plans behind the debut album? So I've been really fascinated by AI-generated artwork. There's a few kind of websites that you can kind of play around with and one that I really love is called Night Cafe. So check it out if you if you have time and you can put in stuff that you've created or photos you've taken. I'll like make up composite imagery on Photoshop, which I do all my own artwork really. And then I'll feed it into Night Cafe and select like these, these particular settings and color schemes that I want and artists to kind of mimic. And then it'll spit out this entirely original painting like creation that kind of lives somewhere between organic uh, brush created and something that a human really couldn't do. And I really love the, the aesthetic of that. So something that I'm going to do with this album is every single track is going to have its own artwork and then the, um, and they all follow from the same palette, the same family. And then the uh, cover art itself for Backlights of Blind Us is going to be kind of tying it all together in a different way. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's going to be really, really important to have that artwork for this album. So artists such as yourself get played not only on community radio, but also from the well-known alternative stations. 
When someone like a music director reviews your track and speaks highly of you, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear a compliment like that? Oh, um, probably, oh, I have to quote that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, someone says something on, on uh, you know, a review, a leader review for me or something, and I love it so much, then I'll, I'll want to, I think it's so validating that I'll want to, that and use it wherever I can. <laughs> so yeah, um, I've made sure that I put a couple of uh, really lovely quotes in my uh, Spotify uh, profile biography, for example. Yeah. And what's been your weakness regarding your music and how have you turned it into a strength? I reckon at the moment where I'm at is um, I'm probably, oh, I was probably in this spot where I was getting a bit too pigeonholed into one sound mm. um you know I've spent so many years kind of trying to be comfortable with defining my sound and so I'm essentially electronic pop but that can mean so much to different artists and for me I was like what kind of electronic pop <laughs> what makes me different and you know for me it was about really trying to be almost too clever with my sound design and just lean way too heavily on electronic sounds um, that I was probably starting to sound too similar in my songs, I reckon. And yeah, I think um, now I've kind of broken out of that and, and a little bit more by listening to a lot more music and accepting that, you know what, this person doesn't actually sound anything like me but I still wish that I could write a song like that. And so just being okay with saying, you know what, I'm done sort of saying I'm alternative R&B, electronic, indie, pop. Screw that. I'm just going to call myself a pop artist and have that really loose umbrella and just go wherever the flavour takes me. And uh, I think that that's, that realisation only came because I've heard so many of my contemporaries start to do that. And yeah, I think um, it's kind of weird. I've gone full circle because when I started out as an artist, it was almost the most important thing to be able to know what your sound was and carve your sound and find your niche. And now I don't think the niche matters so much anymore. You know, it's like so many acts I can think of have just totally pivoted their genre and, you know, they're doing really well. And what's the one thing that you know now that you wish you had known then regarding your career? What I know now is um, that live shows are always going to be the most effective way to get fans, no matter what. Even though you, I put so much effort into marketing myself online, the calibre of fans that I get, or listeners I should say, are nowhere near as invested mm. in my music. But the ones that find me after a live show, they're the ones that stick around. And you can listen to Love Sick on all streaming services and make sure you give him a like and follow his work on all his socials. Spectoral, always a pleasure speaking with you and I wish you the continued success that you deserve. Keep it up and thank you for your time. Geraldine, it's so awesome to be on the show again. Thank you and I hope to be doing this again soon. Yes, we must. You take it easy. You too. Take care. See ya. Bye.